Hello, and a warm welcome to Into the Black Archive, where we're talking about episode three of Doctor Who Flux. And it's been about 20 minutes, I think, since the episode ended. And myself, James Stevenson, if you don't know, and Owen have been sitting here in this living room saying pretty much the same thing to each other. What on earth was that? I, I honestly just don't know what to say about it. There are more questions upon more questions upon more questions. Admittedly, with some answers to some things. Yeah. Essentially, I'm going to make a reference there which you won't get. I look forward to another one of those. Removals, talking ride, urgent exit required. He's absolutely right. I did not get that. I'm sure someone does. <laughs> he's actually walked. <laughs> Listeners, he's walked. We're in, a, we're in a state of real shock here. Um, what I'm surprised by is I, I'd sort of speculated before, and I think I may have even mentioned it in that pre-podcast we did a few weeks ago, that I felt that if they were going to do something like Flux, where time was going to break down, they might, ex- or Chibnall might explore some kind of non-linearness or might play around with that. I did not expect him to... He really played around with it. That's a full commitment, that episode. The the BBC One, that is very abstract. I'm confused. Would you like me to explain mechanically how the episode works? To some extent, because I sort of know how it works. First, what did you think of it? In general? Yes. I'm I'm a, I'm a bit in two minds about it because on the one hand, I have a lot of admiration and respect for the fact that they pushed the boat out. Yeah, I think I think Children was trying things, some of which worked. I think it allowed them to do some really interesting scenes. Yeah. However, and this is mainly proved by you, to be honest, it, it makes, is very difficult to follow. It makes even no for sense. me it was tricky, and I with the greatest kind of humility I can express while saying this, I've seen a lot of stuff and wrote a lot of things. So mechanically, I sort of see how things work. Like, and this was difficult to follow. I understand the basics, but even then, I'm just a bit cuffuddled. This episode gives you, it gives you no anchor point. It just it drops you in. Yeah. It, so just as as best as I can explain it, James can correct me if I'm wrong. I'll here. try. You might be right. Essentially, so we start off. We don't start off at this point here. We'll go into this later. But we start off at the cliffhanger point. The Doctor essentially shoves herself and Dan onto the time podium with Moria. Mm. They instantly get put into a time stream. The Doctor somehow controls it so they all go back into their pasts or futures Mm. to hide themselves. Um, The Doctor's constantly trying to save them. She's also put into a past which she can't remember. Something's going on with Yaz with angels. Never really talked about. It just happens. And then Vamori put things inside Passenger, which then come out and then save time. But then 
the episode ends, Swarman and Azir go off, and we've got angel problems. Broadly, I think that's broadly there. I think that's what happened. I honestly don't know. What's really interesting about this episode is that time has not really moved on at all. Fluxwise, it, it, what, what we've seen is kind of this great big set piece where effect because essentially what's happened is they've gone through all this time stuff dealing with it and then we come back and we're in the same time yeah and then someone will just go off as like, all right then this was all part of their grand plan it almost feels like sort of how in theater you have the aside yeah so this was like one big aside this episode where oh we're going to focus on all of this um, and in the meantime, actually, which didn't mention, but it's probably important to bring up, you have this other overarching story going on above this with a woman called Belle, who we've not met before. Yeah, she... Who she, has connections to one of the characters. This is the... This was the actual start of it, because I kind of hinted which there was an actual start of it, which yeah. wasn't the Doctor's... But essentially, the, the cold open, so to speak, is us, the Belle, struggling to work out what's going on within the universe universe post flux we initially all think which is from earth i think i I, you can correct me if you thought differently there i think you'd probably think she's where right oh sorry spoiler alert even though we know we talk spoilers on this podcast so the whole thing is that bell is vinda's girlfriend slash fiance and definitely about to be um vinda's baby mother um So I would assume, based on that, that they're probably from the same planet. But whether Vinda's a human or not, I don't think it's ever been said. They're definitely humanoid. Uh, when I said human, I mean from Earth. Yeah, from Earth. I, I, I don't know whether that's Earth. No, because time's gone all cathedral, so it could potentially be... Just anywhere. Yeah, it's hard to know where they're actually yeah. from. But it's not really been said. But they're from the same place. Yeah, they're, they're from the same place. Not from modern-day Earth, where Dan is from. That's, no, no, no. Yeah, they're from a totally different so, spot. Yeah, so we see them climbing through. We see her climbing through the different sectors. We've got a Dalek sector. So Daleks make a cameo. We've got a Cybermen sector. So Cybermen. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> so the Cybermen make a cameo. The Sons Harans have got a sector. But we're, I'm actually quite upset about this. This is the one thing which I'm quite upset about, which I haven't meant, which I'm not confused about. I wanted to see some more Sontarans. Well, we didn't have enough of them riding horses last week. No, but if you're going to make reference to a Sontaran section, at least show them Sontaharing. Yeah, that would have been nice. Give us some context there. I want to see Commander Skak riding a big horse <laughs> before the end, before this series is out. I want yeah. him to get his dream. Yeah. Um, can we go through this in the normal way we normally do? <laughs> I, 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 this is, this is such a weird thing for me because normally I can at least set out a rough plan of action about how we're going to review this in this podcast or it be, we, we could follow our standard system, whether we go off topic or whether we go off on a different track like we did last time we went down the A, B and C plot separately. Mm. This time. Right. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I think the best way is to do this. Instead of doing character section, plot section, you can do the characters and actually talk through what happens to them individually yeah. because mainly the the episode kind of fragments and you almost have five individual storylines going on 
So you've got whatever the Doctor is seeing in her past time stream, yeah. and everything goes with that. You've got Yaz's version, you've got Dan's version, and you've got Vinda's version. And then you also have Belle, this whole thing running over it. Yeah. So we can talk about sort of those individually yeah. to build the, the picture of this. It's kind of like a Picasso, <laughs> this, uh, this episode. It's a great big Picasso painting where nothing's quite in shape. Which sort of yeah. fits the Flux narrative, to be fair. So shall we start with um with Doc? Yes, because she's probably got the most interesting stuff going on. Yeah, she. If anything's an A plot in this, which my God, I'm not sure. There's there not is. really an A plot. I, but... She, she is that main A plot, so to speak. It's yeah. It's the the principal crux for her is that she is re-experiencing a point in her timeline that we believe she's forgotten, which concerns her work with The Division. Yes. And particularly her being a Doctor that um, we haven't seen in a little while. The Fugitive Doctor returns. Is back, yes. Which is a bingo card point for Owen. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. We, we, we will remember to do the bingo card point because yes, we forgot didn't do it last, last time. Um, we had a lot on last week, but yeah, we'll do the bingo cards later. Either way, Joe Martin's back, which everyone's pretty excited about. Yeah. I think the fan base are quite fond of Joe, even if I still think it's a real souring of the old um, one, two, three, four Doctor thing. Yeah, I I have to be honest. I'm not sure why the fandom loves her so much. Like, but yeah, she's like I, cool. I I'm not even a massively against the timeless children arc. I just don't understand the massive fan love towards her. Like, Joe Martin was, was good as a Doctor. Yeah. Like, if she was if she was cast as, like, the 14th Doctor, yeah. Yeah. Happy. But but I, th- I to be honest, my main issues that do concern that Timeless Child arc. So my um, bingo card play of Joe Martin retcons the Timeless Children is still, um, not still quite up for debate. Yet. But not yet. Um, God, we hope. Anyway, so she shows up and we're seeing her sort of relive sieging Atropos, which is where we were for the cliffhanger last yeah. week. And she is with Yaz, Dan and Vinda, but they've replaced sort of division members, one of whom is Carvanista, yeah, so who that, we see very briefly. That was revealed right at the very end. So essentially, Dan, Yaz and Vinda have taken the places, essentially, Yeah, of this memory so to speak yeah because she's obviously i guess she's got them on her mind or that they're all corrupted in the same time stream so she would see them more there's no real explanation for it but we go with it because yeah, it makes sense for for some reason the doctor's doing this mission with three people whose place has been taken over by those three people god knows why but they have and one of them is carvanista hmm which was a fun little thing to tell to us. To nod that was like, well, yeah, Carvanista was a member of the division. Yeah. So we're getting like, we're almost getting a drip feed of what this whole division thing is. And obviously it clearly concerns what's on Atropos and the nature of time. So that's interesting. Um, and also we meet, we properly meet, because we didn't quite meet them last week, the Mori. Because yes. the Doctor works with the Mori to essentially restore everyone into their own time. Yeah, so she essentially begs to them, can we do this? 
put people inside passenger, put your people inside passenger like you did last time and we can put you back in place and everything will be under control. Yes, because what we learn when the Doctor, or the Joe Martin Doctor, is in uh, the Atropos Temple the first time is we learn that a passenger is actually able to hold many thousands of people inside them. They're like a living prison. Including... I, I guess this. Yeah, I can't believe this came out. I was right. Die is, admittedly, with loads of other people, but Passenger has got Die inside. So I, presumably, I guessed that. Die, die being an, um, inside the Passenger is bait for Dan, I imagine. Or so, just some way to torture him. Yes, I suppose the Ravagers have seen that obviously Dan is going to be important. Yeah. Already in, in the time since they've used Die as a method to combat him. No, that makes no sense. What was going to say? I was going to say, you know that house which we saw at the beginning. Oh, what the cr- the creepy haunted one where Di gets caught? No, the one which Doctor sees, which is floating. When did you see that? Uh, cold open of last episode. Oh, that one. Yeah. I was going to say if that's passenger, but then I realised that's not going to hold like a million people. So no, that, that, no. That's... Although I think it's linked because that creepy house obviously looked quite like the creepy house I was in. I think yeah. we'll get answers to that because it's clear that that is a narrative point now. Because initially I just thought, oh, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with Diane. But then the moment I saw her in um, like the previously section before we started, I was yeah. like, okay. Yeah, something's going we're to We're going to be resolving here. this. So, yeah, it's interesting that she has actually ended up in there, along with many other people. So yeah. you wonder how a passenger could be used. I think it's more kind of... There's like an answer to one question, but there's a lot of potential to use that concept. Yeah. So I'm interested to see where that goes. Essentially, it's a walking version of... You know, can you remember that Dalek prison? Oh, yeah, the great big... The Dalek prison in Doomsday, Doomsday isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah, one of them. It's um, what was it called? Was it the con- Ark, the Dalek Ark. I honestly don't know. I can't remember. I'm not even going to try to guess because there was, yeah, there was a void ship, and then they had, yeah, it was an Ark. I'm yeah. sure it was, and then they, all the Daleks came out of the Ark. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of that sort of thing, isn't it? Really? Yeah, it's the passenger is essentially a living TARDIS. You could think inside it is obviously yeah. much more space where all these people are. So yeah, interesting potential. Once um, the Doctor sorts all of that out, though, she has one more memory she goes into, which is probably the most interesting in terms of was uh, it? where it's going, overarching. Was it a memory? Or was it the future? Ooh. Or was it for present? Is it anything? Is it even real? Who knows? Wait, so it's a really mysterious scene. She meets this sort of old woman we haven't met yeah. before, who tells her that the flux was placed. And yeah. it was placed because of her. Yes. I think it's hinting at Swarm wanting her, so Swarm placed it. Mm. Which is kind of what's being led up to right now. Yeah. I'm sorry which this episode of this podcast is basically us just chucking Trying things, to make sense of things, really. Ch- chucking, thing, chucking stuff out a wall and just seeing if it sticks. Mm. Because that's essentially all we can do here, because we've got no clue. Yeah, it's a lot of theory without a lot of answer at the moment. But I think it reminded me a lot of... Do you remember the Moffat episode, A Good Man Goes to War? No, because it was around that those specific episodes where I completely tuned out on Moffat because I was getting too confused and I just had enough. Wow. Well, this was the whole thing where... And um, 
listeners will know this, uh, where Madame Kaverian was stealing Amy and Rory's child, who obviously turns out to be River, um, and it, they were going to war with, with against the Doctor because the Doctor was like, had become a feared figure in the universe, yeah. basically. So it kind of gave me a vibe of that, where perhaps the Doctor has become too known and the universe is fighting back. Or other, or many parties have banded together to fight the Doctor. So well, wait, are you saying every single Moffat ending? Yes, yes, I am. Cool. Because that's essentially Pandorica. Yeah, Pandorica's that. Get back against the walls. That. Yeah, the Doctor's that. Time of the Doctor's that. He was very original, wasn't he? Yeah, I feel like Moffat just liked to rerun for same things. Yeah. Yeah, he did. And much like something which Moffat liked to do. Let's move on. <laughs> Let's just take 2,000 years and say it happened. Um, um. But yeah, no. That, that, her, her plot made for most sense. Yes, it's the most followable. I think what was more interesting as well is that you got to see how seeing those things really affected the Doctor late on. Yeah. Particularly with Yaz, because she was very short. Yeah, like, you at the end of the episode, I mean... I said to you, I feel bad for Yaz now. Mm. Particularly when she was talking to Dan, because Dan went, no, I need to get Di. And, but the doctor said, no, you do not go get Di. I mm. know what's going on. You stay there. Yeah. Which was, wow. We don't... Particularly this Doctor. This is a very odd look for this Doctor. Mm. And, well, it shows you how much it's affecting her. And obviously yeah. how... Because she she's almost having an identity crisis, isn't she? Yeah. She this is the this is the the time lord who knows all. So not knowing is quite scary. Yeah, especially for someone who has that sort of overarching reach. So you understand how that might work. And I actually think it's rare that I say this. I think that's good writing. Yeah i I love it. I loved it back in Haunting of Philadelphia Hearty, whatever the hell that episode's called. Mm. I loved it when the Doctor went dark there. I love it when the Doctor went dark here. This Doctor is best when she goes dark. Mm. Well, it's just moments of tension where obviously she's affected. Obviously, she doesn't want to have to deal with... Because there are points where we've seen Doctor's voice be like, why do I have to mess around with essentially lesser people? They are, yeah. really. Um, but it's how she checks that or keeps that in check even and correct. So it'll be interesting to see whether that gets better or worse. As we move on, perhaps as she learns more and we learn more about what the division is and and everything leading to that. Overall, though, I think that was probably the strongest plot. If you could call it a plot. If I could call it a plot. It's the strongest strand. Yeah. I think of the episode. Where do you want to go next? Because we've still got three strands we need to go to. I'm going to go Vinder. Because yeah, I, I was thinking Vinder. I think Vinder is the second most... Chunkiest. Solid... Yeah, plot. There's a fair bit going on with Vinda this episode. This is, I think, if anything that we learn the most about, it's what Vinda's origins are. Yeah, we we get a really good look at Vinda's origins here. Get a good look at Doctor's origins in Timeless Childrenland and Vinda's in what why he was on Rose. Yeah. So what we learn about Vinda is that he was a training to be a commander. He trained exceptionally well. Yeah. Uh, and was given a high-ranking job as essentially the main guard of, of a character called Grand Serpent. Yeah, who um, used to be... He played Dot in 
line of shooting. Yeah, it is. It's um, Craig Parkinson, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's Craig Parkinson. And the problem with the Grand Serpent, unfortunately, like most uh, political figures, he's corrupt. Particularly high up ones in charge of a massive military and is seemingly cannot be removed. They slowly become more and more corrupt. Yeah, sort of like... um. It's interesting how that works, right? People in people in power often get corrupted and start taking deals. I'm going to move you on from that political point. <laughs> I um, know where that was going. Anyway, so Vinda begins to question his duties when in a meeting that the Grand Serpent is having with um, another sort of species. Also, just to add on to what back. we were saying earlier, if you're in any political situation or any leadership situation and your person insists on being called the Grand Serpent, that should be giving you yeah, some red flags. Flag. That, that should be giving you some red flags at He's, least. He is obviously going to snake you. Yeah. Like completely. Yeah, today on Bad Puns. Um, so. Oh God, I was reading a message and I did not notice that until just now. Yeah, no, I, I punned you. Yeah. I, I hate you. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so the Grand Serpent suddenly says in the middle of this meeting with this other species to stop the recording, which Vinder initially doesn't do, but then under duress does. And then we learn that the Grand Serpent is doing a deal with this species, but only on the condition that five dissidents are released to them for essentially trial. Yeah. And another four, who are the family of someone basically he doesn't like, yeah. need to be killed. Accidentally, of course. Yeah. An accident needs to fall upon them. Yes. It will be very tragic and natural. It reminds me very much of that Michael and Webb look, that sketch. Do you know what I'm Michael, Michael and Webb. Michael and Webb. Michael and Webb. Michael and Webb. Yeah. You know that plot which that that sketch I'm on about. Yes, I know exactly. What you're on about. But they're just, they're <laughs> just joking about how you you need to be more specific with your threats <laughs> because we might just be wa- watching this guy for ages, waiting for him to come across an, an accident. accident. But it was an accident. We're supposed to create, wasn't it, James? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is an accident. Uh, <laughs> so there we are. Uh, yeah, Vinda um, files a report to the commanding officer saying, well, this is bad. The commanding officer, essentially, because the Grand Serpent is very powerful, um, he is immediately reposted. Yeah. Which is cool. So, uh, and that repost is Rose. Yes. It's out. Was it Outpost Rose? Outpost Rose, yeah. I'm pretty sure it is Outpost Rose. So he's basically been marooned in a satellite. And that's where we find him at the start. He, he's the equivalent of any TV show where... A, a figure is threatened to be sent off to, like, the Antarctic. Yeah, he's been, like, fully exiled. Into the office, which no one wants to care about because nothing ever happens. It's the equivalent of uh, Mr. Waternoose throwing you through the door. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, so what did you think about his background? I think it was quite... I think it was the most... I think it was a nice way to meet him because it was done quite efficiently. Yeah. And I think it was important that we got to know Vinda because we really knew all the other characters and Vinda was still very much a mystery. (laughs) So now that we know a bit more about him, obviously he has this sense of morality. I think that becomes yeah. clear, so that might come in. One thing I was interested by, though, is that Vinder seems to have a lot of knowledge. Because he knows what a TARDIS is straight away. But he also seems to think that it's more of a myth. Yeah, he doesn't think they're real, but he has a knowledge about them. I think... 
potentially he could be connected somehow to the division. I think I think Vin is connected to the division because I think his uniform looks kind of similar to the division one. Yeah. I, I I think it could be perhaps he was the division is that military force we saw before mm. and that Vinda was a trainee into that force and perhaps the doctor was maybe at a sort of higher level maybe like a kind of ultra top secret division yeah. branch that was doing the that kind of big yeah. stuff so maybe maybe it is linked like that because Vinda has pretty good knowledge about those kinds of things yes yeah. So yeah, it's either either it's that or there's something more with Vin that we don't know yet. Or yeah. We haven't been told yet. Yeah, he's definitely going to be an interesting character. Mm. Do you trust him as a character? That's an interesting question. Or do you or you, do you still not feel like you know enough? One of my bingo points is that he will double cross. Yeah, them. this is why I'm asking. I I think he i still think he'll double cross them but under duress that makes sense yeah i reckon which they'll get hold of what's her name whose name her his partner of it or bell bell i I reckon it's likely someone will get hold of bell and threaten him and then he'll be used because obviously we need to connect that and i suppose we can talk about that bell overarching thing while we're on vinda because that is very linked to vinda my God, there's so many different plot points. I know, it's Let, mad. This, her plot point is like the final kind of constant. Yeah, it's sort of... It reminds me... Um, no, actually, I was going to talk about a script I wrote, but that's entirely irrelevant. Um, what I'll say on it is that those bell scenes kind of tie it together. Yeah. Like there's a sort of book ending and, you, and it's clear that that's sort of your overarch it's, on what's going on. It's giving you some context about what's going on in the universe yeah. while everything this is, is taking place. The flux place. has happened. We now know that. The flux as an event has happened. But also in that flashback scene with the old woman, in the doctor, it's sort of mentioned that the flux is a spatial event. Yeah. Specifically. So this is something placed in space. And what happens with the time storm and everything out of that is that that's a temporal event. Yeah. So now, so space has now had a problem, and now time is having one too. Yeah. So we've got two problems slowly eating at each other. Yes, and sort of warring because it's mentioned, particularly in that division bit, by the the ravagers that are there, that time and space are at war, which is interesting. Yeah, as a concept. So let's go on to Bell then. I don't know where I'm going. I've just realised that. I started to send it. Yeah, you, you started it and then you totally... It was like your face dropped. <laughs> it was like it was nothing after. Well, we've done... I think... The last thing I'll say on Belle, because yeah. I think we're on Belle, is... I like her as a character. Yeah. I want to say that really... I liked her as a character. I think the actress plays is really good, mm. too. She gets a really interesting scene with that Cyberman, which I quite liked. Can I just say... That Cyberman gave up secrets way too easily. Oh, absolutely. But I think it was almost like it sort of humanised the Cyberman, which was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One doc- yeah, it is interesting. It sort of felt very sort of like, oh, I'm just a regular guy yeah. in this, obviously, this big, great cyber force, and I'm doing my duty, but I'm a guy. It's interesting. Obviously, he follows the cyber code at the end and says there are no emotions. like, classic. Yeah. But eh, it was just an interesting scene. And obviously now that we learn that Belle is the love of Vinda and also has his kid, so she'll obviously be very, very important in the next three episodes. 
Yeah, I'm going to say almost certainly he's going to spend the next few episodes looking for her. Oh, well, that's basically at, where we leave him. At least for next episode. Because once everything's resolved in this episode, Vinder is dropped off at his home. I'm amazed he didn't go with them. Yeah, he's just sort of decided to go it alone. Was it? Did he even ever agree it? He just got, kind of got given a thing, went, if you need us, press zero. Yeah, because Vinder kind of said, oh no, she'll have been here, so she can't be too far. Yeah. So I'll look, and then they said, "Well, if that's what you want to do, then we'll then we will give you this if you do need us." Yeah, which I think is nice. Yeah, I mean, they've got to find some way to bring him back if they think. He's yeah, back, so Vinder no is way. still on. <laughs> Vinder is still on rope, basically, for the story. He'll get yeah. brought back in quick. Uh, yeah, so that's Vinder sorted. I think that was a pretty decent narrative. Yeah, um, and it did an all right job of of explaining that. So we've got two more now um, to kind of run through. These are for confusing ones. Do you want to go Liverpool or do you want to go Sheffield? First. I don't know because I don't know what's going on in either of them. I think there's there's more going on with with Yaz's. Yeah. I think there's more going on with Yaz's. Don't um, take it away. So anything about the the Yaz narrative um, and also with the Dan narrative, so I can kind of say this is a sweeping point for both, is that these are almost intended to confuse you. I think this entire episode is intended to confuse you. <laughs> no, but particularly these bits, because it's kind of showing early on how corrupted time streams will be getting yeah. with the flux event and also the fact they're in this great big time storm. So we see Yaz sort of in a lot of what we think are memories, but she does say at one point that the details aren't right. Yeah, like this isn't her, my house. Essentially, it's like... Like when you're in a dream and you wake up and yeah. you realise which that house which you were living wasn't in wasn't quite right. Like the sofa was the wrong colour or or something which keeps happening to me in my dreams. It's really weird. Or you'd be lying there and you wake up and you go, "Wait one second, that's the house I moved out of ten years ago." Hmm, that's weird. But it's never your new house. It's that sort of thing. It's it's things in your subconscious which don't quite add up. Yeah, that, yeah, and I think the main reason for that is because there is a weeping angel. Yeah, she's she's got in a, her time stream. She's got a bit of a pest in her midst. Yeah, and in sort of an a stalker. Yeah, a big stone stalker. Yeah, she's following him around. Do you, I personally like? You know the scene in the car. Yes, Jodie Whittaker gets to play a Yorkshire police officer. That was fun. Yeah, that was a nice little reference. Yes. Yeah. Um. And then also we get the Weeping Angel sort of in the car mirrors. That's quite effective. Yeah. That was nice. Uh, and then there is the the gaming scene. I think it's the best way to call it. The yeah. PlayStation scene. Yeah, where, where <laughs> we get Weeping Angels inside a video yeah. game. Yeah, Yaz is, um, Yaz is mate who wants to impress that guy with video game skills. She's got to be my favourite character in this whole episode. She's just so innocent, isn't she? Yeah. Oh, maybe she'll like me. People, word of advice, be you. And people will find you. Oh, James Loverweiss. Sponsored this. by Into Black Archive. <laughs> this is what happens when you get into a relationship. Uh, <laughs> I'm only saying this because it's happened. Before that, I wouldn't have. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. So Yaz is playing a video game with this girl in a house which isn't Yaz's. The doctor keeps randomly sparking in and out. But then there are weeping angels inside the video game which they play. The weeping angel comes out. Yaz smashes for the, the PlayStation. We think the weeping angel threat has gone. Mm, obviously it's not. But we'll get to that once we get right at the end. Yeah. The interesting thing I 
think, and this is sort of bingo card related for you. Yeah. Does the, so the Weeping Angels being inside a PlayStation, yeah. does that constitute a new ability? I I think it does because they're acting a lot more independently yeah, of their surroundings. That's they're, I think is the main they're, thing. They're forcing themselves essentially onto electronics. Like at first when we're playing computer game stuff, I just thought it was just for time issue playing tricks on Yaz. Mm. But it turns into, at the end, as you hint that later, it's not that, it's actually real. So I would argue it is a new ability, but my specific point is makes it them worse, and we're yet to see that. I'd probably mildly rephrase it, yeah, by saying that I think they've always had it, it's just we haven't seen it. Yeah. Because it makes sense that an angel would go after Yaz because angels draw off potential energy. And if someone yeah. has travelled in time yeah. more, then they naturally have more energy, in, more potential energy. Why didn't the... they go after the Doctor then? Well, the Doctor's a bit more powerful than Yaz. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely an interesting one. Yeah. I mean, we don't really have an answer for why there's an angel on Yaz yet. That that presumably is... We may get answers to next week because we, we had the teaser at the end of the episode and it, and it looks like it'll be very angel-focused. It's the angel-focused episode next, yeah, isn't it? It's, it's pretty much. It's yeah. the village of angels, isn't it, for the next title? It's interesting. It's almost like we've... It, we're kind of flipping between sort of big, confusing, look at all this Flux stuff episodes and then kind of more focused stories. It's like we're going from traditional sort of like Davies, Moffat's era... Yeah, to in, whatever this is. ...to Flux Because this was based. definitely... Flux because, as an episode. Because as well, we know which the next episode after Weeping Angels is called Survivors, Survivors of Flux, Flux which it? is yeah. going to be another Flux episode. So it feels, does feel a lot like they're alternating between. Mm. But then of, six has got to probably be a big, great big bash of both. Yeah, it, to get it to the end. Yeah, yeah. I do wonder where where it's going because I still don't really have a clear through line, and we're halfway through now. Yeah. I still think it's going to end in with a big red button, which press reset. Mm. I think the worry is, is that the main worry when you establish so many questions as a writer is you need to answer them all. And Chipnall's not the best at doing that. So we'll, we, it it does await to be seen. We almost can't review any of these episodes until we get the harsh light yeah. day of, of what the ending is and how the full story is. So us being critical of this episode now, in a few weeks' time, could be yeah, completely it might be totally different because, because we learn more. Because we realise the impact of everything, of the foreshadowing, everything which goes into this episode. But currently, f*** knows what's going on. <laughs> we are, we're very much adrift in a flux sea. We are very much at flux. At flux? Yeah. We're constantly in flux? In flux, yeah. Yeah. At flux? Hmm. But yeah, so, so is there anything else to say about Yaz? Um, Character-wise? I think we, we sort of mentioned already that the Doctor's a bit short with her. And that's yeah. kind of been the, the, the through line for Yaz, is that her and the Doctor's friendship is almost strained. I think, yeah, because the Doctor essentially is on this solo mission to work out with Yeah, Fabric's and vision. almost Yaz has kind of been but pushed to the side. Yaz isn't being told about what the Doctor's doing. It's like if me and you were in a car journey and I decided it was my yeah, mission... Yeah, you just decided to drive to somewhere without do telling do something. And you were just sat there going... And I kept saying to you, oh, yeah, no, we're just going to this place and we're going to that place. And every single time I get diverted to go into this other place and you're just going slowly going. Go, yeah, will I, I ever went, get out of this damn I went, car? I went, where the hell are we going? I went, what are you doing? That's my biggest fear, by the way. Please never do that. I will. Don't worry. Okay, good. <laughs> if you're going to do it, at least, like, you know, kidnap me properly. Okay, cool. Cool. 
Anyway, yeah, that's pretty much it for Yaz. It's in terms of what her narrative through line is. The angel thing might be interesting. I do wonder whether we might get a sort of Yaz-centric section where she might be displaced. Is that is that something that could work? No, because we know she's coming back for and for next season, next year's specials. I know, but mm, I don't know. I don't. Could she be so. displaced and then brought back? I, I, I doubt it because of. Uh, law set up previously particularly yeah no with, they are very final about angel stuff particularly with say amy, amy and rory. rory so i don't think so ah but yeah probably not then but we know that we're going to 1967 in the next episodes what we saw yeah and claire is back yes yeah claire's an interesting one i don't think we should speculate too much because we've already got so much to talk about as it is but um with that whole thing being set up in the first episode, it'll be interesting to see what that is leading to. Because yeah. I have been thinking about it since Claire showed up in that brief moment. Interesting that she's from the 60s as well. Yeah. Or was she sent back to the 60s? Or was she sent forward? Who knows? Yeah, we'll, well, find we'll definitely later. find an answer. Well, we might not find an answer. Shall we talk about whatever the hell was happening in Dan's plot? Yeah, Dan's plot is definitely the loosest. Um, we we get to see him with Di briefly. Um, sort of, we had sort of a... Sort of flirting. Yeah, we had an introduction to that back in episode one, of course. The interesting thing we get, though, in, in that story is that their location changes, the sky changes from day to night like that. He goes into our good old friend, um, Joseph Williams. Oh, yeah, that's tunnels, another bit. Wow. Who just once again, just appears. Listeners, Joseph Williamson is shooting a laser gun. He's just for cockroach, which just won't die. He's just he constantly like, coming what around. What is he doing? <laughs> no one knows. He's like the Easter egg that appears in one scene a week. It's like, oh, there he is. Yes. What? And he's still talking vaguely about a task. Here's a question How will he appear next week? <laughs> that's got to be the big question hasn't it yeah i reckon well to be fair we had him we had him building the tunnels in the first one yeah we've got a fair bit of a tunnel because they're in a tunnel yep. in three so perhaps we're, we're building up because what were those joseph williams tunnels used for in the end were they used for nothing at all nothing he built them for nothing he built them for nothing they ended up being adapted to be used for um train tunnels Oh, but, but that intentional use when they were making them it was unclear. He didn't have any, from what we know. He just sort of did it. Yeah. yeah, he was he was known as being I think like for mad, mad tunneler. No, for mad. What's the animal which tunnels? It begins with an oh, M. oh, that's a great point. What is that damn animal? Mole. Mole. Mad yes. mole. For he he was known as for mad mole. That makes sense. Because he was, he essentially would just get poor people and people back from the war and just pay them to dig. That's weird. I mean, it's John. But, but he paid them well. Yeah, but no one knew why he was digging these tunnels. That's why I think bingo card. I think it's going to be some sort of invasion, which it is looking likely. Mm. I think it is leading there, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, I've been in then the Joseph Williamson tunnels. Have you? Yes, because um, if they're used for railway tunnels, that'll be Mersey Rail underneath the yeah. city. Did you see any aliens hiding in there for an invasion? Uh, no, but I did see a lot of drunk people. That's the thing about Mersey Rail at night. Cool. It's um, very dingy. They've been trying to get new trains in there for the past couple of years, but COVID um, pushed it all back. 
So these trains are about 20 years old. They are not fit for purpose. <laughs> they haven't been cleaned in a while. They're dusty. So, yeah. Liverpool's so, its own environment. Um, is there anything else we can say about Dan's other than what the hell is going on to Dan? Yeah, we, the only interesting thing, really, to other announcements is that um, in the Doctor's narrative, Carvanista was represented by Dan, which is sort of reinforcing that species bond thing. It's... it's Shame we didn't get any Dan Carvanese to this episode. Yeah. I hope we get more. I think we'll definitely get more. We have to. So, yeah. Other than that, Dan's very much the afterthought in this, but that makes sense because there is there is so much happening yeah. that not everybody can really get a lot of focus. And I think that's one of the main ways this episode does fall down is that there's Chibnall's got fingers in sort of all these pies and he's yeah. trying to keep them balanced, but what you end up getting is this very difficult to follow situation where you're not quite focused on any narrative because you're you're constantly flitting between yeah. them and that does make it difficult to follow yeah i think the last thing we can mention i suppose before we get on to scores and things is um is the ending and the cliffhanger yes. it's not really a cliffhanger is it not massively um it is the angels have the phone box oh yeah i forgot about that but yes <laughs> For some, for, some, for some reason, my brain ended, you just deleted the last ended minute. Ended that episode where they left Vinda. For some reason, none of the <laughs> is rest that where you thought it ended? As we were speaking, there, yes. <laughs> no, they jet off. They jet off. Are we sure there wasn't a silence in that scene? Oh, there could have been for you. <laughs> Might have been macro in that scene. Um, oh God. Wow. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes that scene does exist. I tell you why I might have forgotten it. Why? He's actually lying to you. The ending was that they found humans in the sewers and then the administrator was dealt with. Oh. You with me now? Yes, I get this now. Cool. Good. So <laughs> we gotta pack it in every fucking week. <laughs> so we leave off with Essentially as we were saying, four angels make their way onto Yaz have infected Yaz's phone, an angel appears, takes over for TARDIS. And flies them somewhere. Yeah, we are careering into some... So are they all being moved then? Well, they're not being displaced because obviously they haven't been zoomed off. No. But they're obviously being moved somewhere and presumably that'll probably be the uh, the little village. The village of angels. Little village of angels, yeah. Interesting one. Obviously, they want to draw on all of their power. Yeah. Uh, to feed. Uh, but you would have thought that the angels were getting enough off the flux. And whatever the hell was going on. And what was going time. on there? Yeah, they wouldn't need that as well. Yeah, it's this is perfect breeding time for it's angels. A weird episode, this one. Yes, I mean, how would you even go about scoring it? Because it's it really is a great big mess of stuff. I have. I'm going to, as always, vote with how I enjoyed it. Did you enjoy it? Not particularly. Not really. I just spent the entire thing confused. Just kind of confused and not being able to follow. Like, it. as I said earlier, this could very much change. As this season goes on. Honestly, I'm thinking around a five. Or, well, that's five maybe, is okay. Or maybe a four. Just because yeah. it doesn't make... As someone who knows what's going on in Doctor Who and follows and was watching it closely, I've got no clue what's going on, let alone someone who's new to Who. Mm. That was Yeah, this episode is not friendly. You have to have watched the first two to even have a clue. It was quite an intentional yes but it was a mess 
Yeah, I mean, we we very much we were debating how serialized it was going to be. It really is. Yeah, it does feel like a proper like almost world productions line of duty style miniseries where you've got yeah. to keep track of everything, mm-hmm. which is good. I'm quite liking it, but it does make it unfriendly if you're trying to go in with a monster of the week thing like we've usually had. I think it could even work make, being made friendly, but for the fact which we've got. Essentially, yeah, a montage. This this episode. Yeah, it is. We've got no no way of knowing what's going on. So mm. this, quite frankly, is the first flux episode. I generally am not happy with. So uh, where are you settling? Five or four? Probably around four. Four. But fully with the knowledge and the kind of intention which it might change as yeah. we learn what's going on. Yeah, but based on what we've got. Yeah, based on what we've got, probably around four. Okay. I reckon I'm going to go slap bang in the middle and I'm going to go for the five. Reason being uh, is that I do admire the fact that Chibnall and the Who team have really pushed the boat out with this episode mm-hmm. in terms of the structure. I do actually think mechanically there's a lot to like yeah. about the way the script's done and the way edits happen. I think some of the edit transitions are nice. Yeah. I, I think they make this whole concept of flitting between... Th- as. <sighs> Not as followable as it could be, but it could have been a lot messier. Yeah. And I think it's it's smooth enough. It's the best they could have done with what they were given, essentially. Mm. It's not... I, I think there are smoother ways to do it, but it's smooth enough that I could sort of go with it. Yeah. However, it is messy. Yes. And difficult to follow. And perhaps even more damningly, not a lot actually happens no, uh, and 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 really, that's been my main criticism of a lot of these episodes. Is in fact, not a lot's happened, unless this gets heavily called back on in the yeah, next few episodes. Basically. In the next three episodes, this episode could essentially be filler, and we have no clue. The only way I could see that happening, because it is made explicit that the time streams of all the characters can be from the future. Yeah, so that could mean that we get to see those scenes again later. Mm. And so that potential has been put in there. But aside from Yaz, all of these scenes were things people have lived through. Aside from aside from Dan, who, quite frankly, has got no clue what's going on because he keeps ye- going backwards and forwards. All of them are from their past, aside from the Doctor's messenger. Yeah, Dan is far too... Um, at the moment, Dan's not really in it. He's just kind of the passenger in the story. Although Diane being inside the passenger obviously gives mm. him a link. Vinder is all backstory, which yeah. is fine because we needed it. Yaz obviously has the development of the angel, but that's like a small development, really. Yeah. And the Doctor, it's again mainly learning about what was implied in the first episode. Yeah. So we get a bit of context this as is... to what we're seeing, but not a lot of progression. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. N- this is the episode this season I'm least impressed with. Mm. But I will admit that I was intrigued by where it was going, yeah. and I am interested to see how it's resolved, and that's more than I've said for a few Chibnall yeah. things. It, it's definitely so it's okay. It's definitely intriguing. It definitely raises questions. Yeah. But the, the big worry, though, and I, I've already said it, is they have to have answers. Yeah, they, and Chibnall's not very good at giving <laughs> answers. So it's still, it is still kind of... I'm still not sure what to make of it. It's... I, I, it could go really either way. Yeah. Yeah. So also, before we do get to that point, since it is halfway through, let's just have a quick end of season look back. Mm. 
End of season look back. You mid season. Mid season look back. Mid season. Half time. Yeah, let's have a half time review quickly. Okay. What do you think about Flux so far? I'm interested in yeah. where it's going. I wouldn't fully say that I've committed to it yeah. in the sense of, oh, I like this. This is good. Mm-hmm. There are bits I like. Mm-hmm. There are bits I'm not so keen on. And it just depends what the, the second half brings. I'd say right now it's been, to use a terrible football analogy <laughs> for those that can follow that, it's nil-nil. Yeah. It's been a solid half. There have been chances at either end. It could go either way and it needs a moment of magic yeah. in the second half. Yeah, I, I'm for same. I think this is definitely the best stuff Chipnell has done. So far, I think it's probably. Excluding whatever the mess this episode was. <laughs> um, the last two episodes have been his best. Specifically, his last one for Sontarans, it was amazing. Sontarans was solid, yeah. The Sontarans one was definitely... Was pretty good. Definitely the best one so far. Um, but, yeah, for remain, He needs to work on answers and not do what... We've already made reference since um, Dot is in this episode in mm. world production. We need to make sure we don't do a world production, which is rushing the last ten minutes, keeping your foot on the gas pedal until the last ten minutes, and then suddenly release it and go poop. How do we end this? Mm. We need to make sure we don't do that. I think the title of five being survivors of the flux maybe maybe is the idea that we could yeah. be getting answers quickly. I I hope they use that end one as sort of like a post effect where we deal with the. Well, that's kind of, of how they did it on Game of Thrones, where yeah. it was almost that episode nine of the ten was yeah. was the great big finale, and ten was wrapping up the consequences I, of that. I hope they do it more that way, mm. like going full on and then essentially hit a wall because yeah. they don't have any time. I think what I'd ideally see is that five brings us right to the climax point as yeah. a cliffhanger. You spend that first half of six dealing mm. with that, and then the second half is yeah. where you get the consequence because yeah. with six episodes as opposed to ten, you've got less room. Yeah. So also, before we go, bingo. Bingo, yes. How are we doing? Well... Recap what happened last week, because we forgot to mention that last week. Yeah, we did forget to mention that last week, unfortunately. Um, I... I can't remember if I got anything, you know. You did, you got Potato Joke. Oh, of course I did, I got Potato Joke, yeah, the Santaran episode. Uh, Yes, I got that, and in this one, I am going to claim this... Yaz asks mindless questions about aliens because she asks a lot of questions about Weeping Angels. I know she doesn't know about them, but they are mindless. So, I got, just, so I, I'm gaming it. I got none last week from what I can see. But this week, big, big comeback. Big, ugh, big oh, yeah. comeback. Actually, no, I did get one last week and did I'm you? getting it again this week because we also did it. Uh, we have made a Centroid reference this season. Yes, yes, we have. Well, we were always going to do yeah. that. Um, but also on my predictions, I had Joe Martin returns. Yes, which you've got. Daleks will cameo. Yes, which you've got. We should actually quickly mention the Dalek yes. cameo because um, they are not actually there. They're CG. They are definitely CG. You see that golden glow? Well, maybe not golden. It was kind of this glossy look. They were too glossy and they looked a bit like they were floating. They looked exactly like... Uh, do, you know what, do you know what I'd say about it that's almost harsh? What? It looked a bit like a sort of fan-made thing. You're gonna you're gonna tell me this, and I've completely forgotten his name. Who is the guy that does the animation debunked videos? The captain guy. Uh, Disillusion. Captain Disillusion. Captain Disillusion. Yeah, it looked like a Captain Disillusion yeah. video. Yeah, it, which, is, which they look good, but for a big TV show, you could tell which they were CG'd in. Yeah. Um, Cybermen will be overshadowed. Yes. Which they were. So I'm in this episode. That. They were. So I'm going to say 
That is three points for this week. Including one for last. Yes. So how many are you on now as like a rolling count? It depends. <laughs> I've got a question for this one, Mark. Do you? Question okay. Mark. Are we going to say it's based around for timeless children? No. Not yet. Not yet. We still... Joe Martin's awry, but that doesn't mean anything. We've still got a question mark around that one. It could be, but question still. So, so far, I've got one, two, three, four, five. 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 I am one point of getting a line. Who are you? Right. Yes. I have got one. Have I claimed over-emotional synth? No, not yet, because I think we've always agreed which over-emotional synth has been justified. Or works. next episode, I'm properly looking at it. Okay, so we won't say it that yet. One, two, three, four. I got four. Sadly, my line will only be made done at the end, and mm. it relies on you. <laughs> oh, great! My, my last point is you will like the timeless children by the end. Oh, that's not happening. You we'll can see. you can say goodbye to that line now. We will. We'll see. Um, have I even got close to a line? I I have two of a line. If I can get over emotional synth, I'll have three of a line. So maybe. Well, I've got three corners at this point. Three corners. So it's I a very good tactical. So I'm doing quite well here. You've got a very good strategic position. Yeah. It's like you're riding a horse into battle. Sadly, none of us had that on our bingo sheet. But that brings us to the end of this episode before yes. we stretch it on anymore. Definitely. Um, if you liked um, Once Upon Time, this episode of Flux, or you were as confused about it as Owen was, um, do get in touch with us and let us know what you thought. You can get uh, in touch on Twitter at Black Archive Pod. We're there. Um, we can chat with you over there. Or if you prefer some old-fashioned emailing, you can do that. Uh, and the address for that is Pod at gmail.com so yeah so also please remember to subscribe so you get all of your episodes in your feed we'll be back next week with the village of angels village of angels that is the one i was looking for thank you very much and we've got lots more things coming up we are planning on doing a mid week upload in a few weeks time potentially looking, yes looking at galaxy 4 which is just out which is coming out tomorrow it's tomorrow, is it? Well, today of listening, so I'll probably release it. Yeah, right, but... it's out today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's out today, so we'll be having that in a few weeks' time coming out mid midweek. It'll be nice to check in on um, Will again. Yes, it'll be nice to check it's in on Will. It's a Vicky and Stephen one, isn't it? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Um, so, yeah, so tweet us in whether you think, if you have any more clues about this episode. Yes, uh, yeah, just reply with your craziest theories, and yeah, we'll be back with you next week. Also... Down below on Spotify, I am trialing a new thing which we can do, which is where I ask you questions and you can respond. Well, on Spotify, you can do that. Now. Yes, apparently. Ooh. So feel free to respond for whatever question we decide to put down there. Like, does this episode make any sense? <laughs> yes, there'll be a question on there. Um, we're not sure what it is yet, uh, but you'll find out if you scroll down our Spotify homepage. And if you answer that, we'd love to hear from you. So yeah, so thank you very much for listening and have a good week. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.